Hello, and welcome to Geek Space Nine, the Tusken Shed Media Network podcast where we discover and rediscover the classic Star Trek series, Deep Space Nine. With me, as always, is Sarah Becker. How are you, Sarah? I'm very jealous because you're all in the same room, and I'm here in Fort Worth alone. I'm sorry. We tried to pull her through the screen, but it did not work. Yeah, we, we do not have the, we do not yet have the technologies for that. I know. We need Pennywise. He could probably do that. <laughs> I hate you so much. I was, gonna just... I was gonna go with David Lynch, who is less creepy than Pennywise, oddly enough. <laughs> <laughs> Although that's debatable in retrospect. Well, with me as well in person is Peter Dancy. Yeah, you're like actually in town, so I get to record with you. This is the best thing ever. I'm so sorry, Sarah. <laughs> nah. I didn't think this was gonna happen. He was like, "Wait, he's in town. I can do this. This is thing. Yay!" <laughs> mm-hmm. And we have our first ever special guest. Who? Yay! <laughs> we have Kevin Shields. So tell us, Kevin, about yourself and uh, your history with Star Trek and Deep Space Nine. Oh gosh. Um, well, yeah. You, you have to understand my embarrassment. I was really under the impression that uh, this was kind of uh, not. <laughs> A thing, uh, like I really, I was sure that we were doing the Halloween series, uh, <laughs> and not even the movies, just the holiday. Like we were like sharing stories about candy. Um, no, no, uh, I'm bad at riffing. So I, uh, Star Trek, I, I came late to. I uh, was alone and despondent, and uh, <laughs> as often happens in Star Trek, exactly. Sometimes you just got free time, and you're like 200 episodes. <laughs> It finds it. It's a uh, oh god. Uh, I clearly went to a liberal arts college. Um, <laughs> so, in the, so in the screw tape letters, um, you know, there's a part where the the apprentice is like. I feel know, like you could have answered this question in 20 seconds. I'm just saying. And here we are. I love Star Trek. Uh, no, uh, I what I love about Star Trek compared to Star Wars, um, I, I came late to the game, but. It's that people debate Star Wars like they do religion, and people debate Star Trek like they do the Constitution, mm. which is to say, no less enthusiastic or uh, alienating, right. I guess. But it's kind of what I really love about Star Trek fans is uh, there's a great line from Roddenberry that he's like responding to some like real scientists who you know called them on some like faux science they did. And he says, look, perhaps that other people could have done this better, but no one else did. And like the idea that, that we're trying. And so I kind of love how Star Trek fans own everything. And Star Wars, they're so selective in like, oh, yeah, Star Wars, Attack the Clones, not my movie. Like, <laughs> it's very like, it never happened. Oh, there's prequels, they didn't happen. And Star Trek fans have such like an ownership of like, and there's some bad Star Trek, like, but they know that, and it's like, no, that's part of it, and you can appreciate it on like a really deep level to the point that you enjoy it, and I think that that kind of genuineness uh, and to dress so ridiculously uh, makes me <laughs> proud. Also, apparently, like half my friends are like closet Star Trek fans, yes. <laughs> and you've seen all of these Space Nine, right? yes, yes. So you've already finished the series, so you're gonna be. Coming at it from a, a different angle, but you will be quiet about spoilers. Or I will yeah, 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 dear listener, this is the very we first will hurt time you. that we are ever actually cashing in on the whole rediscovering, I part, know. rediscovering part of it. Like, it, it, yes, it, it, it only, hey, it only took us, uh, it only took us what, like 
four and a half seasons. Like yeah, five seasons. Four, four, four almost and a half six seasons. Like seasons. almost five full seasons to do that. But we're here now, and it's great. <laughs> uh, man, just wait till you guys get to Deep Space Eleven. My goodness. Oh, oh my god, there's a spinoff <laughs> series. Yeah, yeah, they skipped ten. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ten doesn't exist. <laughs> All right. Well, this week we saw season five, episode nineteen, and episode twenty, which is ties of blood and water and Ferengi love songs. As we mentioned, Yay. two of the most totally different titles uh, we've done yet, I think. All right, first up is Ties of Blood and Water. Kira is excited as her friend Tekeni Gamor is coming to the station. Why Kira is great friends with the Cardassian is just a classic Star Trek story of a Bajoran getting kidnapped, genetically altered to look like a Cardassian, gaslighted into thinking she is really the long-lost daughter of Gamor, then discovering it was all a ruse and murdering the man responsible. You know, that old chestnut. Gamora claims to be coming aboard for diplomatic reasons, but he reveals the truth. He is dying of vague disease, and he wants Kira by his side when he goes, and she is the closest thing to a family he has left. He also wishes to participate in the Cardassian tradition of Shri Tal, where a dying Cardassian reveals all of his or her secrets to a loved one. As the leading dissident opposing Dukat's rule, he hopes his confessions will help Star Trek take down Dukat. Speaking of that sassy little minx, Dukat himself arrives aboard the station with, surprisingly, Wayoon, who reveals the Vorda are actually clones. Dukat wants to take Gamor back to Cardassia, claiming he is cleared of any wrongdoing and will be honored. He even offers Gamor the chance to see Alana, who he claims is still... who is... He even offers Gamor the chance to see Alana, who is still missing. Gamor, but Gamor wisely knows this is a trick and refuses. Kira is driven to help Gamor. However, Dukat offers Kira some startling info that Gamor was there during a massacre where 19 Bajoran monks were killed. Kira wisely throws a mug at Dukat's goddamn face, but the record checks out and Gamor pleads with her that he can't change the past, but she leaves Gamor's side. Meanwhile, Sisko discovers an attempt from Dukat to poison Gamor, clearly showing he is, connected, he is concerned about what he will say to Kira. Odo confronts Kira, who is still not seeing Gamor, as he points out Gamor was only 19 during the attack on the monastery and one of hundreds of men. It's possible he never even fired a shot. Even more so, he knows that Kira already knew about his military record and that something else is keeping her away. Bashir arrives and tells her that Gamor only has hours to live. She still refuses to see him, and Bashir begs her to not let him die alone. She flashes back to her own father's death. He was attacked by Cardassians and dying in Resistance base. When Worm came around, they found the people responsible. She rushes away for revenge, despite her father's pleas to not leave. When she comes back, her father has already died, his last words calling out for her. Instead of grieving, she begins to hunt for more Cardassians to kill. She realizes she used... Oh, she used an excuse she realizes that she uses excuses to not face death head-on, so this time she finds the courage to stay by Gamor's side as he dies. After his death, Dukat reveals that Gamor recanted his dissident ways and agreed Dukat is the rightful ruler of Cardassia, which of course never happened. However, there will be no military funeral for Gamor, as Kira has taken him to Bajor, burying him next to her own father. What do we think of Ties of Blood and Water? I think it was very moving. Although it didn't happen, no. <laughs> yeah, this was uh, another Kira had a really sad life episode. Yes. Uh, she she's kind of in the running with O'Brien of like oh like here like both like both O'Brien and Kira must suffer like nothing good happens to you. What did you think, Sarah? Except with with Kira, it's more 
let's let's remind the audience how much she has suffered in the past and with o'brien it's more let's make him do all the suffering right now that, right that's, you know, that's, that's... um yeah, I thought it was was pretty good. There were a couple of moments that I wasn't as keen on, but uh, gotta love the Vorta, man. They're they're a piece of work. Yeah, this is our. Uh, we'll talk more about Jeffrey Brunt. Uh, or sorry, no, Jeffrey Coombs. <laughs> Jeffrey uh, Brunt. Eh. Hey. Um, Jeffrey Coombs, who uh, is becoming a MVP of the series uh, for showing up and all these things. It's. That's, I guess we'll talk about Wayne first. What do you guys think about bringing him back as a clone, just because he was so popular with the show? I think that the actor, before every take, he would uh, hear from the director, no, no, be, be punchable. <laughs> be the most punchable thing <laughs> ever. And he did that very, very well. I couldn't decide if he's one of these characters, you know, kind of like, I don't know, Principal Snyder on Buffy, like I love to hate him, or if I just genuinely just don't like him being on screen, I really can't decide. Uh, yeah. I thought it was interesting, yeah, that uh, it's the same thing Battlestar Galactica gets away with. Like, nobody ever dies in Battlestar... None of the Cylons at least ever die because they can always mm. bring new ones. <laughs> it's always yes. this case of, like, they can murder them all day long and then there'll be always be more. But they boxed one mm. and that was weird. There, They were like, yeah. all right, Lucy Lawless, we don't want to bring you back. So complicated. Have fun on uh. Parks and Recreation. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Lucy. She was on Parks and Rec? Br- briefly, a few episodes. She's Ron Swanson's last... Huh. And greatest wife. Yes, that's oh. right. He becomes his really good wife. Yeah. Yeah. Even though she's. Oh man. The last episode. Yes. Um, that. Go Ron. Uh, it's weird that she's wearing Zena's outfit the whole time. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, now Sarah's gonna watch the whole thing. Yeah. Really good. <laughs> yes. I must see this. Well, no, <laughs> I, I found it really. I mean, I mean, you can't blame them. That's like one of the things we like about. I mean, all sci-fi, but Star Trek in particular, that they. You know, like there's a there's quite a few actors who like come back and play like different aliens. You know, and it's like why, as a showrunner, especially if you have like, you know, this is back when you had to do like twenty dozen episodes yeah. a month, like you know the '90s television, uh, forty-four minutes, uh, like twenty-two episode seasons, and it's like oh, twenty-six, 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 yeah, just because. Yeah. Because purgatory doesn't have to wait till death. We would have done the leftovers like three times over. <laughs> we did it the way we do this show. Yeah. I, well, I mean, it, they have the opportunity to, like, what? You mean we, we have reliable, professional, talented actors who we like working with? Uh, also a show that wears a lot of masks? Like, yeah. <laughs> why, why wouldn't they employ it? And uh, it's kind of fun. It's definitely fun that we've noticed, like, uh, Sarah's very good about finding, like, actors who are in other star trek episodes particularly like tng episodes right because there is like that stable where you're just like i remember you i know that face (laughs) yes well let's talk about a not a visitor this episode i thought particularly the last so good the last the last sequence where she talks about the pain she had of not seeing her father die and like that that hit so hard that was probably maybe her best acting moment in this show for me yeah Agreed. Agreed. That, like, that was just super powerful because it's like you don't often, or at least I, at least I don't think you don't often get many accounts where where some where someone is like recounting, you know, I missed a very I, I missed like a person in my life very close to me by that much. Yeah. 
and like and 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 you and you and you seeing like how much that has actually affected them rather than like oh and like oh they're just brushing it off it's like no this is like hurt them deeply which is so like so i so i liked that i, I like that th- throughout the episode they, they, like how they kept going back and forth between but between like oh the present but the, but then her but then her dealing with her dad how it's like okay this is like like if you want to know like why she ultimately decides to show up to be to be to be there when he dies this is why like i'm glad that, i'm glad that like they showed like they, that they gradually showed us that reason well and she had a really nice line where she talked about her father and she's like he was the strongest man i knew and i couldn't look at him with no strength anymore like dying mm. it's like that's like the most yeah. vulnerable moment and that's that's uh, my mom works with you know, palliative care nurse. I've said it a million times. You're probably tired of me saying it. Um, and so it's something that you know you hear a lot. It, it's tough. It's tough to see someone that you've like uh, cared about your whole life uh, be there. And so it was interesting that like it wasn't that she was actually mad at Kenny Gamore. And I fucking love the scene where she shows up with Ducat and she's like, "Really, you're doing this? You're trying yeah. this? Really, really? Okay, cute. It's really cute, Ducat." Um, because it wasn't about that. It was about her not being able to face her own uh, fears. And it was more internal than like a, a liar revealed kind of, which I always find very annoying. The show does it very well. We've talked about that before. Like, yeah. It'll like go in a lap and you're like, this is going to be so cliche and dumb. And then it'll just kind of make a little swerve. And you're like, ah. Oh, yeah, but that's new. I like it. I'm on board. Yeah. Now, sir, you said you had a few problems with this episode. What's, uh, what's your quibble? Well, not really. Um. I don't know. I'm gonna sound like the worst person alive here, but when when Kira's father was dying, and uh, he was all, you know, he he wanted Kira to stay with him and don't leave me. It didn't feel like I don't know. I I guess I expected him to be tougher, which I get. I I guess maybe that's where. You know, Kira, you know, wanting to avoid him in his last moments came from is, you know, he'd been, you know, stronger his whole life and then death did actually scare him. But I thought it was, I don't know. I, I expected him to be more like, you know, I'll be okay. It's okay. Go, go fight the Cardassians. Like, I'll be all right. But he really wasn't. And I just, that surprised me, I guess. I don't know. I'm not articulating this well. I don't think you're the worst person in the world. <laughs> I think it's a case of like you don't have a lot of him beforehand. Yeah. Yes. So maybe we'd seen other episodes with him or a flash one flashback of him being strong and then cutting to the mm-hmm. him being scared, you know, it would be a little more powerful. But I agree. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah. It didn't feel like Kira's father. I agree with that much. But I also was distracted yeah. cuz he looked like Ed Harris to me. So I was just thinking <laughs> of Ed Harris from Apollo 13. <laughs> Failure's not enough. Exactly. Failure's not enough. Well, uh, I got... So, the first time I saw it, it didn't... It was fine. It was good. Uh, but, you know, it, it didn't really, like, stay with me immediately like some do. Like, some are the rich, you know, from cold opener. Um, but what was interesting about this is it kind of... And seeing it, watching it again and kind of sitting on it, like, it was... What we, what I love so much about Deep Space Nine compared to TNG, like if TNG is like a philosophy class, and Deep Space Nine is like, all right, now test it in the real world, you know, that it's like it's not a hypothetical. It's like, okay, yeah, no, you there's consequences, and also you live there, right? You know, you don't just you can't just fly away. You have to. Yeah. Okay. So unfortunately, yeah, no, the moral quandary where you had to kill the, this person. Um, yes, it was the right choice, but now you have to live in that world where the follow up 
and and I and so much of I think what we love about Deep Space Nine is you know how it's it, it's not black and white. There's some gray areas. Mm-hmm. Um, but what this episode does is it's uh no no there there actually are some moral black and white absolutes but the closure the results themselves are often gray because Mm. eventually this haunted her not being there for her dad um and even the way that this broke down in this episode it wasn't perfect it wasn't right you know it's like if this is tng he gets she gets to have the conversation that we, the audience, always wanted her to have, you know, right. and so we can enjoy sleep tonight. Uh, but not so with this, that it's like, no, but it is a right. You, she should have been there for her dad. She should have. And even though she didn't have quite the goodbye for someone who wasn't her dad, uh, even if she, she didn't have that, she still wanted to. She still went back. She still got past herself, her pride, whatever it was weakness if you want to call it that um and that actually kind of hit me a little bit more that like again i was like my my god deep space nine yeah <laughs> i see that should have put deep in all caps yeah it, it, yeah, it, it, it kind of it kind of showed that, that, some, that sometimes it's not necessarily about getting those answers that you want it's more about like just showing up yeah yeah you know and so what she had her takeaway it's not it's not everything Right, but but it's not nothing. It's something. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So that's I don't know. That's great. Well, I, that's, I that's why I joke when I watched it with Kevin. I was like, this is why some people love Deep Space Nine and some people <laughs> like can't stand Deep Space Nine because like, oh, what happened this episode? Uh, Kira's friend comes and he dies. What, what else? <laughs> oh no, that's it. <laughs> and she has to, like decide if she's gonna be there when he dies or not, and then she like does. But it's really good. It's really good. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> and that's why I like this show. I like that they're able to like go there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh, sort of the Roddenberry's box where you always wanted to have some kind of science thing. And it's nice to have these episodes where it's like, no, sometimes people just die of disease. And like that's, a, that's, that's enough drama. We don't need a space battle, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we don't need explosions happening, happening like around the ship, happening in the background. It's like, no, it's just it's, this is an episode about death. Though even though it was ancillary, I love Dukat just uh, just being the worst piece of shit as per yes. usual. Yes. I, I think Kira and Dukat are just so great on screen together. Like not as a couple, don't don't get me wrong, uh, but just mm-hmm. like bouncing off of each other. They are just the perfect antagonist and and protagonist. Yeah, they have they have great chemistry as nemeses of each other. Dude, when yes. they were like this close, I was like. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think yes. all, I, I remember that all three of us were just like, "Oh!" I, I realized something about Ducat and why he's such such a great a Star Trek villain, just like in in any series. It's because he he thinks Ducat is the lead of his own sci-fi series. You know, like he's the lead, he's the hero, and. Meanwhile, then that's why he respects this yeah. show because he's like, oh, he's the lead in his series, and mm-hmm. it's like because that's the thing that's it's frustrating about Ducat, uh, but it's also why like he 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 plays the damn game, man, and yeah, well, it's in the, he has a reason for it. You're you know? you're absolutely right because it's like you know he he started out as this and he found out he had a daughter and then he got a killing on Bird of Prey and he 
fought the Klingons forever, and then yeah. he went to one side, went back to another side, and uh, like he is. Yeah, he's freaking Tony Soprano. He really right? is Tony Soprano. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, God, I have no context. I never watched The Sopranos. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> me like neither. The but or Frank Vincent, you know, what I mean? they're just always jerks. <laughs> they're always jerks. <laughs> the two the two DS9 Sopranos fans are <laughs> just you and me, so we're the only ones who are going to enjoy that. <laughs> it's such like a small uh, overlap. Yeah. I just had to also mention it's damn Ducat and his Trump parallels in Iran non accident. Uh, uh, like, this time he was like, uh, he's like, you're not the ruler of Bejo, you're just a puppet. And I was like, whoa! <laughs> I was like, that was not expected. Uh, damn it. 90, stop it. Stop it. 90 shows catching up with us 20 years later. And it's like, please stop that. I know. Do you face yes. that all the time? It's like, uh, <laughs> Like I thought I, it was weird when Ducat was like, no one knew that healthcare was so complicated. No one, no one could have predicted. Uh, it was kind of on the nose. Also, Obama is fictional. Uh, very moving, but he never happened. Uh, sorry, I'll stop. Oh. All right, was there anything else to say for uh, Ties of Blood and Water? Um, Nothing I can think of. Dax and Worf are still together and it makes me mad. Oh, uh, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> we don't like them together anymore. <laughs> that one episode. That one, it just ruined it for me. Totally ruined it. Yeah. I wish I had never watched it. Me too. We, we should just... all get the Eternal But on the other hand, thing. Vanessa Williams. So. But yeah, that, that was. That, well, the first 20 that minutes of that episode it. is great, and then he turns into a terrorist. And you're you're like, just like, God, he's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> all right well, well, who let's... doesn't have baggage <laughs> no no you guys are right you guys are right all right let's talk about uh season five episode 20 ferengi love song yes. we got some wacky all right this is this was like a threes company episode and i very much enjoyed it <laughs> all right Quark is depressed as voles have invaded his bar and he's had a rotten luck ever since he was disbarred by the ferengi commerce authority the newly engaged Rom, more on that later, suggests he goes home to Moogie, who welcomes Quark Moogie. in with semi-open arms. Moogie is acting strange, and things get weirder when Quark opens his closet to reveal the grand naked sick. <laughs> Zek reveals that he and Ishka have been having an affair, something Quark is mostly disgusted by, but begins to realize with the naked so close by, he may be able to convince him to give back his business license. However, both Ishka and Zek refuse Quark's plea to be reinstated. Quark goes back to his closet, only to find another fiend, this time Brunt, who knows about Zek and Ishka, and is worried that Ishka's progressive views on females will destroy Ferengi culture as we know it. Women wearing clothes, making profit, Klingons and Tribbles living together, mass hysteria. Brunt gives an offer to Quark if he breaks up their union, and he, he will give back Quark's business license. Quark agrees, and he goes to the Negus and convinces him that Ishka doesn't love him, and only wants to use him to get equal rights for women. The plan works, and Zek breaks up with Ishka. She is devastated and claims it will be bad for the entire Ferengi world, but Quark pays no mind and gets his business license back. Zek offers Quark the position of first clerk, the right-hand man of the Negus, and th as thanks for telling him about Ishka. Quark gladly takes the job, but quickly discovers that the Negus has problems with his memory. The that day, the Ferengi markets drop considerably, and Quark realizes Ishka was secretly controlling them through Zek. Ishka realizes Quark ruined her relationship with Zek in order to get back his business license, and she is heartbroken. 
Quark now realizes Brunt's true plan, to get the Nagus to reveal his mental issues so he would be kicked out and Brunt become the new Nagus. Quark convinces Zack to seek medical help from the Vulcans and introduces him to his new first clerk, Ishka. She is honest and states she will always believe in equal rights for women and hopes Zack will too one day, but she will serve and help Zack because she loves him. Zack fires Quark and hires Ishka and all is well. Back home, Brunt comes out of the closet again and tells Quark he will let him keep his license if only to watch him fail. Meanwhile, in the B-plot, Rom and Lena are getting married and it's so cute! Yay! Rom is excited to learn more about Bajoran culture, even wearing a Bajoran earring. Which is super adorable, by the way. It's so cute! <laughs> However, trouble arises when he asks Lita to sign over a customary contract between Ferengi husband and wife, which states that in the event of a separation, the wife will receive none of, her, of the husband's profits. I smell sitcom! <laughs> Lita is reasonably pissed off, and the wedding is called off. Both Rom and Lita act like this is good news, but they both know it's not. O'Brien visits Rom and asks him what is more important to him, his latinum or his love. Rom chooses correctly and gives away all his profits to the Bajoran War Orphan Fund, meaning he no longer has profits to control. Lita is moved and the wedding is back on. What do we think of Ferengi love songs? So Brunt is, um, is also played by Jeffrey Coombs, right? Correct. Yes. We got two Coombs so, in a row. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, so ironically enough, when I said I wasn't sure where I stood on if I love to hate Wayun or if I just hate Wayun, I do love to hate Brunt. He is one of my favorite minor villains in Deep Space Nine. <laughs> I was trying to imitate He's his so snarl. Good. He has like the snarl is like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of difficult to, to imitate. I just yeah. agree with that. I mean, you gotta have the makeup on, but he, he always just has this look like, Hi, Quark. Like that's yes. like the, the vocal imitation of what his face looks like. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brunt is also... the worst, and I love him so much. He and always yes. is just there to cause trouble, and that's great. But they obviously love that mm-hmm. actor because for he's one note the whole series, and they gave him a hot wife, like <laughs> who loves him for some reason that happened off screen. It's weird. Because he's adorable. <laughs> he's adorable. He is. He is. <laughs> Rom's just so good-hearted. That's why he, he he endeared himself to me forever from that uh, episode with you know this kid. He's like, I, it's my dad. I just, I can't be like him. Oh, you know. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, then and then Rom for us was like when when Quark fucked over one of Nog's like uh, Starfleet stuff, and he went to Quark and he was like, "If you ever mess with my son again, you yeah, know." He was like, like, "You will fix this. How dare you?" Uh, we were all like, "Rom, damn." Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> great. Rom is Rom is a podcast favorite, if not the podcast favorite. It's, it's him or so far as to yeah, say, like, 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 oh yes, like, like that's great. Award award for biggest character character growth goes to goes to Rom for damn sure. Mm. For being like someone who just like fall like falls over like and just doesn't do anything to like you are a man, yeah. right. I think it has a millennial self-confidence issues. It's always just like oh Rom is God. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you do it, Rom. Rom, Rom's, Rom's growth and self-esteem is what I aspire to. So you're actually pretty right on, pretty spot on with that. Oh my God, that's so sad to say out loud. <laughs> How great is it that we identify more uh, with Rom than Jake? <laughs> yeah, we're like Jake's story isn't my story, but that that's that like perpetually smiling. Like laughing at a joke that he just said, face. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah. and I'm a writer, just like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jake. 
Sorry. It's my one word uh, Cisco impression. <laughs> Jake. Oh, Peters is ha. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, from 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 the from the uh, from the Bashir uh, Bond Sheer Bond Bond Sheer. <laughs> I am so sorry to all of our all of our listeners who are listening to this on their headphones. I just saw how much the sound spiked. I'm oh, no. so sorry. <laughs> it was you really blew out the mic. <laughs> I am so sorry. Oh my god. Well, let's talk about uh, the Lita and Rom stuff. What do we think of this? Uh, yes. Little prenup uh, argument episode. Yeah, that basically was a prenup. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't. Know, I thought it was really good because it was you know a very believable thing of. You know, as as much as Rom is becoming his own person, you know, he still wants to be a good Ferengi, I guess, or that will have been like ingrained in him his whole life. And so he's like, oh, yes, well, naturally, if I'm going to get married, this is what I need to do. But of course, in, you know, many other non-Ferengi societies, that ain't going to work. So... <laughs> It's a it's a nice way of them, and in a way, they do kind of find a compromise at the end. In that, Rom, you know, just well, if I don't have any profits, then there's there's nothing for me to give to you, so this isn't a problem anymore. And of course, Lita being adorable is fine with this. <laughs> he, he he could have just been like, I gave part of my profits, you know, to the to to, to the Bajorans for Bajorans for their stuff. But if we ever do split up. Just split the rest of my profits. <laughs> ben and I uh, had like a, a, an alternate ending where it's like, you know how it's like, uh, oh, they're together and it's a happy ending. And then the camera goes up and it's Bashir and it's O'Brien. Oh, and they have all the Latinum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bajoran war fund. <laughs> <laughs> there are no orphans. <laughs> <laughs> the poor. <laughs> and then they yeah, use a, it to deep make cut to music <laughs> No, I really enjoyed it. And seeing Ram in a Bajoran earring was the cutest thing possible ever. I literally wrote five times in my notes, Aw, Ram. <laughs> I do have one just aw in my notes, and I don't know what it was for. It's just aw. <laughs> It was probably when Rom was crying. Yeah, when Rom was like crying over his work, he's like, I'm fine. And then it was really cute that Lita also was like, I'm glad he's gone. She's like, are you? He's like, no. And then Kira's just like, and Kira's like, sure. Contradictory. Like, let's go. Uh (laughs) But isn't it great? You guys got me thinking about it with like how uh, the O'Brien and Kira comparison that like uh, Kira buries it deep. And O'Brien... Uh, pretends he buries it, but yeah. he, he really dresses in it, you know? Right. Like, it's, that, it's that Irish suffering spirit, you know? He's just like, ah. It's like, apparently every day he was really hoping for a surprise birthday party. And it, uh, <laughs> it didn't happen, but you know, it's okay. They're, they're probably tomorrow. It's okay. I, it's okay. It's fine. It's fine. But I want that cake. Yeah. Yeah, O'Brien is his life. is It's fine. It's, this is good. This and, is okay. Mm-hmm. And Kira's like, I, I never cared about birthdays what never birth- ever what's a birthday and then she's like dad, dad. <laughs> well Kira also like we talked about like this is just a side tangent but every season there's some episode where like the past comes to haunt Kira and they're like 
you did terrible things. And just like, Jesus, guys. Like, there were other people uh, in the yes. resistance. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we, we even had earlier in this, we even had earlier in this season where, where, it's, where it's like people from her past were like basically being blown up because the guy, oh, yeah, because yeah. The guy was like, I will bring you into the light. And I was just like, oh, God. The darkness and the light. I love that. That's right. The child can be saved. <laughs> well, uh, what do you guys think of the... Uh... The, the main plot with Quark and Ishka and all these shenanigans. Oh, that was on. so funny. <laughs> it was great. Although I will say my very first note was, I'm so excited for Andrea Martin. And then they recast Moogie. And that well, they did. Wait, 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 what? Yes, they did. I didn't notice I this. looked that up. Yeah. It wasn't Andrea Martin. Oh, well, now I'm pissed. It was someone who, uh, like, I don't know too much about her, but she started her career as a casting director. And huh. then towards huh. the end, she actually died in the early 2000s of lung cancer, even though she didn't smoke. That's bummer. Thank you. That's, uh, <laughs> well, thanks for joining us for this episode. <laughs> and that's been an episode. Yeah, goodbye. Yeah. But no, yeah, I, sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt, Sarah. That was interesting. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Huh. Oh, yeah. I was just disappointed. She did a great job, but it wasn't Andrea Martin, and I was sad. <laughs> well, I had to get props to Kevin because we were watching the episode, and he was like, He's like, that Maherdu guy, he looks just like this guy from The Rocketeer. It's the same actor. Oh, man. Tiny Ron. How about that? Tiny Ron. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I did not catch that. And like that never happens organically. No. It's just like. You were legitimately surprised. You did not fuck with oh. Rihanna. <laughs> no. no. Was... <laughs> yeah. This but was yes. Again, this is one of my favorite performances from uh, 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 Quark in this episode. I particularly love his delivery where he's like. He's like, well, if you do this, I'll give you your business license. You've got a deal. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you, no pause, no hesitation. He's just like, done. Got it. <laughs> yes. I like business. I like profits. I'm here for the money. But then I also like when he's talking to uh, to Moogie. I think um, I think I mentioned in the last episode or, or our last podcast that I, I thought I was I was really pleased that Quark was actually developing a conscience and one of y'all, I forget who it was, be like, is he? And then in this episode he straight up says, I think I'm developing a and Moogie's finally like conscience. <laughs> it's great. I'm glad that he, he finally admits it. Also, why do they keep transporting into Quark's closet? Yeah. Like why? They just show up. It was so funny. It made me laugh that every time I went to his closet there was somebody new. Right. Like I, yes. I, I honestly I honestly had like R. Kelly stuck in the closet playing soft right, in, yeah, yeah. like, like, in my head. Like, That's it. I'm just like, why? <laughs> and then Zach and Yishko were doing it, but I was in the closet. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, 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 oh. <laughs> were you guys distracted by how uh Wallace Sean Sounds a lot like Truman Capote. <laughs> he kind of sounds like, uh, you know, I did everything I could. And I, was, I love you. <laughs> I'm played by Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman is the grand Nakes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Wallace Shawn is probably my favorite, the least yeah. casting ever. Like, it's so perfect. As soon as I was like, as the grand Nakes came out, I was like, Quark! And I was like, oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> yes! Uh, you know, yeah, dear listener, if you, if you I, I just want to say, I like how we always call them dear listener. But anyway, dear listener, um, if you if you remember, like like the first episode with the Nagus, all three of us, Ben, Sarah, and I, all of us were just like, we know this voice, we recognize who this is, we are in love with this character immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
I mean, because Sony... guys get the vibe with. I'm sorry, but this is a very important thing. Uh, I was gonna talk about childhood. Uh, yeah, <laughs> shut the hell up with your childhood. God, we've heard it a thousand uh, times. And wipe your damn tears away. God, uh, <laughs> you look ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, I I love with Wallace Shawn in it that he he is. Well, actually, no, no. Actually, this is Deep Space Nine as a, I mean, his presence reminded me. But was Deep Space Nine the original Law and Order? Where like it was like right of passage, everyone like was came by the show. Like apparently, either Dick Wolf or like Michael Pillar uh, had a lot of favors that they just called in, mm. and just uh, everybody's in it. Everybody's no, we, in we, it. we found that particularly like people from our childhood, like in terms of like uh, like like we always find people be like, oh, he was uh, like the the king in Little Mermaid, and you're like, what? Exactly. Yeah. What? In the same way that like Buffy is like, oh, all the hot people who are like famous now. <laughs> yeah, naturally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so, only the good looking people. I remember there was one episode of Angel, which of course is you know the spinoff of Buffy, where um, Tina from the L Word and Flo, the progressive girl. We're in the same episode of Angel, and I lost my damn mind. No, 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 no. Pause. Backtrack. Flo? That's funny. Yeah. Flo was in an episode of Angel. I shit you not. Becker, did, were you yes. affected the same way as I was by the fact that Miranda from Lizzie McGuire is in Buffy as a slayer? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Peter's having a moment, everyone. Peter's having a real moment. <laughs> what? <laughs> It's, uh, I had the same reaction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and <laughs> also Felicia Day. What? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> she's a slayer. She's at the end. She's like one of the, the group. Oh, the group the slayers out of like yeah. last season. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, again, all the good looking people. Oh yeah. my God. We saw yeah. another stuff. Oh, there. Like the guy in prison. How, right? how was Taylor Lautner never in a Buffy show? That's kind of surprising. Uh, I think he was probably about six when that came out. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I think Taylor Lautner's like my he's age. Always, he's always going to be Shark Boy. <laughs> yeah, probably had a better six back then than I do <laughs> ever. Like, yeah. Sorry, Deep Space Nine. Taylor Lautner, if you're listening. Call yes. Me. And Lelaine, what's your last name? Tell me. <laughs> Please. And And... Well, I'm, I'm glad also that we're um, we're sticking with the the we were talking about that there might be some changes in Ferengi culture, and it seems like they are still leading us down that road slowly but surely. That Ishka, I liked her whole thing of like Kidding I'm gonna always gonna be uh, pushing for women's rights, you know. So now she has the Negus's ear, and basically like every episode we, with Ishka, we learn that she's Lopkins. more and more of a badass. I wouldn't be surprised if we find out she controls the Dominion because, like, each time it's like this time we learn, like, oh, she controls the entire economy <laughs> like, behind not... behind the scenes. Guess what? Yeah, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> oh, God. God, I hate you being here now. <laughs> Get out. Yeah, just just you guys wait for the the where she leads the free the nipple protest. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's covering the nipple. It's yeah, it's, You're right. It's just really they want clothes. Free yeah. the nipple by covering it. Yeah. yeah. The show is from the future. Yes. Yeah. Uh, ben, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I, you wanted to talk about your childhood. I already talked about my childhood. Oh. I already talked about it. But I talked about all the people that were on the show that were from my childhood. Oh. Yeah. Do you feel better? No. <laughs> Getting you on was my worst decision. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I have feelings to talk about, guys. Um, no, sorry, sorry. 
Yeah, is there anything else to say for Ferengi love songs? Not that we've talked about it much. <laughs> I, love I, 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 love, I love how just you still get like how uncomfortable Brunt is whenever he walks into Ishka's place and it's just like, why is she clothed? <laughs> like I just love that that's like the very first like the very first reaction that anyone has to Ishka. Why are you clothed? Be naked and Ishka's like, no, this is my house, get out. <laughs> also I gotta love that uh uh this was like top tier Ferengi coats. There were so many good Ferengi coats. Fabulous. Oh, yes. <laughs> I want them. Well, not all of them. I want some of them. <laughs> I really want Quirk's coat of many colors. I don't remember if it made an appearance in this episode, but it's great. I love it so much. That's sort of iridescent and almost like those cars that have that painting that changes in the <clears throat> yeah. sunlight. You know? yeah. He looks handsome. Mm-hmm. He looks smart. You know, it's great. <laughs> His lobes look so mm-hmm. dashing. Works of art, if you will. His lobes. <laughs> I love that Ishka calls those, or, or no. Yeah, I think Ishka calls Grand Negasek lobekins. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Zeki. <laughs> well, the, the actor. And Zeki. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, oh, God, I forget his name. Quirk. Uh, he had a great line about how, like, he, he had to change from season one, you know, because he's so, like, He's a little bit more of an antagonist at the beginning. He's kind of greasy. Yeah, yeah he is. And uh, but it he, he's more like the Peter Laurie and like uh, Casablanca. Thought, you know mm. what I, mean? I thought you were going to say Peter Dancy. Peter, <laughs> like, he's the Peter Dancy of the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah, he's more of like that. Like, yeah, yeah, it's true. He never has any dialogue in the first season. He's just like, <laughs> and he's like a little friendly. throws ninja smoke and disappears. And it's like, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> But like he, he uh, that actor said how like no he he had to change. It's like maybe that guy, and I'm totally he didn't say this aspect of the quote. I'm paraphrasing by adding uh, that like you know he had to change or else Cisco would have thrown his ass off the ship. <laughs> like you know yes. So he had to like he's still he's still gonna make a buck. You know he he is a Ferengi, but he does he likes root beer now. You know. <laughs> And he has a conscience, human morality. Human. Yes. That's my least favorite kind of science. (laughs) Con science, huh? Oh, God, doesn't that make sense? That makes sense, though. Con science, Ferengi. My God. (laughs) You don't don't have to fake laugh for me, Becker. (laughs) No, no, it it took me a second to get what you meant, and then I realized what you were doing, and it did make me laugh. Sarah has a, a I don't a, know how much you listen to this show but anytime there's a good pun to be had I am there for it she's probably the one making it <clears throat> I try I try <laughs> well is there anything else to say for this episode um, what does love mean to all of us <laughs> I think that's enough <laughs> if we're getting that deep like, I think- uh, no uh, uh, jokes. There was uh, no jokes. songs. I wanted more love songs. Where's where is yes. Ferengi Tom Jones in this episode? <laughs> oh yeah, the Sinatra lounge singer. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, I, I forget. I remember a really weird TNG episode where Data learns to comedy from like the worst comedian. Yes. <laughs> He's like a really bad comedian. <clears throat> <laughs> does he does data still have the same laugh he gets from q in at the end of that episode early on or <laughs> like 
By the way, my joke data laugh is like my real laugh. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> 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 Sorry. I love everybody listening. Uh, thank you for sticking with us, listener. This has been a very, very fun off the rails episode. And that has been our episode. Next week, we'll be discussing season five, episode 21 and episode 22, which are Soldiers of the Empire and Children of Time, which both sound like Doctor Who episodes. Do you know how they do? Yes. Always, I want to thank my lovely co host for joining do me. Do we? Week. Oh, sorry. What'd you say? Nothing. <laughs> Singing. Singing the, the Doctor Who theme on a Star Trek podcast. It's fine. Doctor Who is basically the reason Kevin Shield and I are friends. You're, you're the best. <laughs> you're the best. Yeah. No, I, uh, it's, it's a good show. It's a good show. Sorry, we'll talk more after we finish this. <laughs> yes yes as always i want to thank my lovely co-host for joining me every week on this journey <laughs> our theme song is by captain meat shield you can check Peter out on twitter at cbtn underscore meat shield our awesome artwork is by joe bowen our special guest was kevin shield Hi, we are a part of the tuscan shed media network you can see more of our shows at tuscanshed.com if you like the show like subscribe rate and review it any way that you can it helps new listeners discover our show until next time this is the crew of geek space nine signing off Bye, guys. I love you. Thanks for listening. Sorry. No. We're not used to having guests, Kevin. That was perfect. <laughs>